Thanks for listening to the church at Severn Run Messages Podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Severn Run. I hope that uh, everybody is, um, you know, hungry and uh, ready to eat afterwards. Um, so just turn to your neighbor and thank them that they're buying lunch for you. So, see, new relationships made all the time. Today we're uh, continuing in our witness series, and, and I want you to know that, that the only way to live Jesus um, in a way that is, that is bigger than religion, um, the only way to live Jesus is in the power of His Spirit, not in the broken of, of our spirit. You and I... Uh, have a spirit, and the spirit is not merely, you know, kind of a metaphorical description of our personality, although it is certainly that. It does involve our personality, it involves us. But, but we, we literally have a spirit that, that through life is, is broken, is wounded, is hurt, uh, is abandoned, uh, betrayed, um, is lonely, and, and our spirit is kind of what drives us. It is sort of the inner core of who we are. And if we live our spirit in life, we're going to live out our own brokenness and we're going to inflict our brokenness on other people and it's going to have an impact for the generations. So we can live ourselves, our sadness, our, our lonely. We can live our lust. We can live our anger. Um, we can live our, our greed. We can live out of all kinds of places or we can live Jesus. But to live Jesus means that we have to exchange our broken spirit for Jesus' Holy Spirit. And, and today, I, I want you to meet the Holy Spirit. You know, that's my prayer. That's what I'm praying for, I've been praying for about this service, is that, that many of us here would meet the Holy Spirit in a new way today. <clears throat> in John 16, 7, Jesus said, but I tell you the truth. Um, it is good for it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go, the counselor, and the trouble with the word counselor is not that you know that you should uh, have a lack of confidence in your English translation. It's just that the word means so much. Um, the word paraclete means comforter. It means one who comes alongside. It means encourager, counselor, guide, uh, the one who empowers. And so there are so many uh, words that could describe the fullness of, of the Spirit. But Jesus said it is for your good that the counselor, just to pick a word, um, um, because unless I go, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, at our house, we get a lot of packages delivered from time to time. Uh, anybody else kind of like increasingly? Um, that's the reason some of our stores like Sears and other places are going out of business is because it's just so darn easy to go on Amazon Prime and, and it's there. You know, we had a package delivered on a Sunday the other day. It's like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. But there have been times where, you know, where we're looking for a package that's been sent. And, and so I look out our little our door window and I look at the little frosted thing and I'm looking around and I don't see our package. Well, I need ink for the printer. You know, I need it. And I look out there and it's not there. And, and on one occasion recently, it was there. I just had to open the door and see where it was hidden on the doorstep, you know. Jesus said, 
that unless I go, the counselor will not come, but if I go, I will send him to you. So God has sent more than good stuff your way at your door, the door of your life, and most of us simply don't know it's there. We desperately need what God provides in the Spirit. We're, we're looking for it um, and, and we're longing for it, but we, we have to open the door and receive what's been sent. Now, the modern church is still grieving that Jesus is gone while Jesus is rejoicing that the Spirit has come. And, and in John uh, chapter 3, um, the, the Scripture tells us that, um, that Jesus was doing a work in the heart that was going to change everything. And, and, and in John chapter 16, the, the whole point is that the fulfillment of Jesus' life is about to happen. Many of us just, you know, man, if I had Jesus physically in my life, if, if Jesus could just walk down the, the aisle of the, of the church building and show up, that'd be awesome. And Jesus said, you guys don't understand awesome. To make up a word, I'm going to show you awesomer, okay? Now, I'm going, John 16, 5 says, I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask, where are you going? And because I've said these things that I'm going away, you guys are filled with grief. You're sad. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come. But listen, Jesus was excited to be able to send to us what we needed most. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and in terms of judgment. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. This is amazing. We don't have to live in the dark. We don't have to live in the, the lonely. We don't have to live in doubt, confusion, fear. We now have the ability to live on the path towards truth. He will guide us into all truth. We now have a guide that, that, that is inside. And he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. The Holy Spirit is about revelation. About, about giving understanding. About sharing um, the very the very inner thoughts of God with us. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and that is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Guys, there's no room uh, or reason uh, for us to live in the dark anymore when we have been given the Spirit of God. And again, the church is grieving the loss of Jesus and, and acting like we are kind of on our own when Jesus was eager to, to go so that he could send the gift of his Spirit. So today, I pray that you would meet the Spirit in a new way. But I want you to know that the Spirit of God is, is not the Spirit of odd. They're very two different things. You see, being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't some strange thing. It's simply being filled with Jesus. And Jesus uh, was not some, um, you know, strange revelation of humanity. Jesus was humanity fulfilled. Jesus is what we were supposed to be. 
You see, being filled with Jesus is the normal Christian life. And if we're not filled with the, the holiness of God's Spirit, then we are filled with the unholiness of our own broken spirit. There is no in-between. And sometimes we want to kind of define this middle ground that we can live. And so you know, we acknowledge that there's a Holy Spirit and there's a God and there's a right and there's a true. And then we acknowledge that there's evil and, and broken and, and, and maybe we, you know, that's ISIS or whatever. You know? But in the middle ground, that's us, we say. And we excuse all kinds of, of, of living and acting and behaving and talking and, and lusting and, 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 and anger. All kinds of things in that non-existent middle ground. And then we say dumb stuff to justify it. Well, I, that's just the way I am. Well, here's the truth. There is the kingdom of light, and there is the kingdom of dark. And there is not a razor, um, you know, wit's difference uh, separating the two. There is no middle ground. There is good and there is evil. There is no gray uh, grievel, you know. There's nothing in between. And so, so the truth is, if what is coming from within us is not of the Holy Spirit, then where is it from? Darkness, the unholy spirit. Some of y'all going, are we allowed to answer? You know, it's the unholy spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is as natural in the life of a believer as as rain in spring and warm in summer. It just is. And so. Some of us have this idea, and perhaps we've heard teaching about the Holy Spirit uh, that, that makes us think that, that the Holy Spirit is, is, you know, about being odd. But it's not about, about being odd, it's just about living God, living Jesus. And, and I don't wake up in July and, and think it's strange that it's warm outside. Any of you all? I don't go to the mountains and, and, and standing in the Rockies, you know, uh, just just be surprised that it's not flat here. You know, these Rocky Mountains, they don't look like Oklahoma. They don't, they don't look like the highways in Kansas. What is, how did that happen? They're the Rocky Mountains? And the Holy Spirit, um, again, there's no oddness. There's no, there's, I mean, I mean, there's difference, but it is a difference of the most natural, right way. It's like, it's like the sunrise taking over the dark of, of you know, at dawn. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to, to see the Spirit of God come to life. Jesus talked about this in John chapter 3 um, with this religious leader named Nicodemus. Nicodemus grew up um, just soaked and saturated in, in the Hebrew Bible, in Judaism, um, by 13, he was declared a son of the covenant at his, his bar mitzvah, and, and he had memorized vast amounts of scripture. At one point in my graduate work, I, I um, sat in a classroom um, at a, it was a graduate class with, uh, in Hebrew with a guy who'd written the Hebrew dictionary teaching, and, and most of the students in there were Jewish students. And I had learned you know, Hebrew only starting like three or four years ago, and I'd learned it silently. And I'm listening to them speak the Word of God in Hebrew, and it was just beautiful. And I'm a little slow, okay? I'm recognizing that they're reading in a circle, and, and they're going to get to me. <laughs> and I had never read Hebrew out loud. Let's just say it was a great crash course. And and this man, Nicodemus, 
soaked and saturated in the word of God from, from literally early, early on, now a recognized, affirmed, uh, endorsed religious leader, he comes to Jesus and says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. You're not a liar. We know that, that you are, have come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you have performed if God were not with him. This was a great compliment, a great acknowledgement that most human teachers would, would simply you know, take and, and smile about and say, well, thank you, but not Jesus. Jesus cuts to the chase and in reply declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born again when he is old? He cannot climb a second time into his mother's womb. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit, capital S. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Nicodemus, you really shouldn't be surprised that I'm telling you that you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit of God. And, and when we feel the movement of the wind, uh, you know, in our lives, we don't, we don't stop. What was that? What, what is that? You know, something, something, for those of you who have hair, something moved my hair. You know, how's that flag? How's that flag standing up? It's the wind. Well, where did it come from? I don't know, that away. Well, where is it going? I don't know, that away. No, we don't react like that. It's just natural. And so, if any of you all have grown up thinking that, um, that being filled with the Holy Spirit means that you, that you act crazy, odd, or anything else, let me, let me take you back to the New Testament and to the life of Jesus and, and to tell you that it is the most natural, um, beautiful, and awesome thing in the world. It is a fulfilling thing to be filled with God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the invisible bridge to God. He is the ultimate networker. The Holy Spirit never calls attention to Himself. Um, again, some, some versions of Christianity, when they talk about the Holy Spirit, it becomes uh, only about the Holy Spirit, and there's a spotlight on the Holy Spirit, but let me just tell you, it's like looking into the mirror. When you look into the mirror, you're not talking and focused on the mirror, are you? When you look in the mirror, you don't even think about the mirror, you're looking back at you, and, and the Holy Spirit never, ever, ever calls attention to Himself, but always shines and reveals Jesus, so that the Father may be glorified in his life. So if you've been a part of a community that has, that has called, um, that, that, that seeks to focus all attention on the Holy Spirit, let me just say that the Holy Spirit, um, when allowed to, to live and be free, the Holy Spirit is, a, is the revealer of God through the person of Christ. That's, that's his work. And he sets up our connection and then invisibly empowers us in an ever-growing relationship with Jesus. The only way, guys, the only way to live Jesus is, is not in our own power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our broken spirit can never do this. We have to yield and reject living out of our, our broken spirit, our, our thinking, our, our way of being. And, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to literally replace our spirit. That's why the scripture says, it's the most amazing scripture that says we have the mind of Christ. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, now that we may understand what God has freely given us. Guys, as believers, you've been given a gift. It's at your door. And it's not the Spirit that you will naturally live with in the world. It's a new Spirit. It's a, it's, it's a Spirit that will help you understand the enormous uh, joy of, of life ahead. It will help you see through the veil of your, your temporary pain. It will help you live beyond the fog of the moment. The Holy Spirit will, will help you understand all that God has given you and you live differently in the light of that hope. The Holy Spirit is change ignited from the inside out. This is not moralism. So many times in Christianity, we, we basically, the best we get to is encouraging kind of this moralism. So here are these ideals, you know? Um, so be kind. Well, there's an ideal. Okay, I'm going to try hard to be kind. I'm going to try to live up to kind. I'm going to work towards kind. And then the next thing you know, oh, that wasn't very kind. Well, I, I failed. I didn't live up to it. And, and we, we begin to stack up all of these high ideals and work towards them. But that's, that's moralism. That's trying to be a good moral person. And that's not the life of Jesus. You see, cultural Christianity and corporate religion neither knows nor cares about the Holy Spirit and are perfectly content to live without Him. And the truth is, too many of us here um, are... are totally unaware of the gift of the Spirit, and, and we are naturally living in our own broken spirit, and in doing so, we're bringing more broken into our families, more broken into our churches. Why do so many churches divide and split over just dumb stuff? Because people are living out of their broken spirit instead of the Holy Spirit. And the truth is that the Holy Spirit of God uh, needs to be enough on your mind that you're aware of, of the needs to yield your broken spirit to God's unbroken spirit. And you need to consciously challenge yourself, if you're a believer, to, to never again live outside the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. See, knowing good things outside then striving to be better is never going to cut it. This is about a life exchange. This is about having a new center inside of you, a spirit transplant. I met a man yesterday who'd had a heart transplant. It was amazing. I got to pray for him uh, like, mm, I don't know, four or five months ago, and I didn't realize who I was meeting. I was introduced to him, and, uh, and his wife said, yep, he, he had the heart transplant. And I'm standing there looking at him going, wow, that's awesome, and he's doing well. And, and I'm telling you that, that you as a believer have been called in to, 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 to accept a heart transplant, to, to yield your life to God and say, God, I give you my broken, I give you my lust, my lonely, I give you my angry, I give you my wounded, I give you my, my fearful, um, I give you my, my cowardly, uh, I give you my greedy, God, I, I give you my selfish, God, I give you all of that, and, 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 and God, in place, I get the very heart of Jesus transplanted inside of me, and I get to live out of a new heart for the rest of eternity. And this new heart of God's, it isn't going to make you a zombie. It isn't going to make you odd. It isn't going to make you weird. It's, it's amazing because God is God the infinite. And I know this sounds trite, but, but, but Google it, all right? 
I'm serious. When you look at the infinite um, creativity of God, whether you look up into the, the, the universe, the stars, the skies, what they're, what they're discovering, um, you know, still through Hubble and next through the James Webb, or whether you look down in through the microscope, even into snowflakes. Seriously, Google um, you know, snowflake crystals. And you'll see these amazing, beautiful structures, and there's no two alike. And, and there's not only no two alike, there never has been two alike, nor ever will be, and they're all beautiful and all unique, and each one is this expression of God's kind of, um, you know, geometric beauty. And, and when you surrender to the Holy Spirit, you don't become, you know, some personality-less, uh, you know, uh, Christian smiling Sam. You become more you than you ever could be without this transplant. You become more alive and more courageous. You become uh, more adventurous. You become more giving, more focused on others. You become the, the you that God imagined from eternity past. So you and I got a choice. You know, we can live our broken and we can live our unhappy. We can live our sad. We can live our hopeless. We can live rooted in this broken world and we can just die down or we can let God deliver to us what, what Jesus died to give, and that is the indwelling Holy Spirit. You see, there are three kinds of people in the world. And 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verses 12 through chapter 3, verse 3, I encourage you to read this. And, and quick pause, I encourage you to do that with all the scriptures. That's why I put these notes in here, so that, that you can take it and read the scriptures, and, and maybe God's, well, He will say something so much more than what I could ever say. Read the scriptures for yourself. And in the scriptures, there's three kinds of people. There's the natural person, the carnal person, and then there's the, the spiritual person. The, the, the natural person is the lost person who lives rejecting Jesus' message. And, and uh, in the scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the scripture says, The man without the Spirit, capital S, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God is working to reveal, to send the, the, the truth of God to every life on planet Earth. Um, the work of God is always to send, but, but the natural man doesn't accept anything that comes from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. They don't make sense. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And there is the natural man, and then there is the carnal man, who is, who is the Christian who... Um, has received Jesus, but he's living out of the broken and not by the Spirit. And maybe, maybe seeing uh, will help us understand. So imagine that these two glasses are people. Both of them have relationships with Jesus, and the color uh, in the glass, that represents the influence the Spirit has on their life. But you also notice that um, they're a little empty. They've been poured out onto other people, projects, passions. It happens to all of us. And in that way, there's still the Holy Spirit there. It's just not as strong maybe as it used to be. So they have a couple of choices, and we all do in life. And one of those could be to just not refill the glass. In that case, there's not a whole lot left to pour out, and probably they'll start turning inward, maybe grow distant from God, and ultimately disconnect, but let's say this person, they do want to refill the glass, and when they go to do that, they turn to worldly influence. And as they do so, 
they fall back on bad habits. They get busy, you know, don't read their Bible, don't pray. They choose selfishness over self-control, lust over love, jaded over joy, and ultimately, that spirit influence is pretty much gone. But there's another choice. This person, they feel that same emptiness, that same distance, but instead they turn to the Holy Spirit. And they pray that that passion they once had would return, that they would go to the word and find encouragement, that they go to Jesus and find grace and forgiveness. And when they do, that influence not only increases, it gets stronger, deeper, more vibrant. So we have three choices. Do we run on empty? Do we dilute the spirit? Or do we replenish it? The carnal believer is described in 1 Corinthians 3.3. 3. Uh, brothers, uh, starting in verse 1, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You are still worldly. Since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are not, are not you worldly? Are you not acting like... And I love, I love what 3.3 3 says. Are you guys just not acting like mere men? In other words, you're acting just like ordinary, regular human beings when you are so much more. You are the people of God, the followers of Christ, the light of the world. God lives inside of you, and you are alive to love. You are awake to mercy. You have seen the visions of joy. You know what hope looks like. You have all of this power to live above the broken, and yet you just settle back down into the broken. And one of you says, I follow Apollos. Another says, well, I, I follow Stephen. And, and, and you're, you're just divided and, and, and just acting like regular old people. You were destined for more than that. You were destined to be just like, again, the, the, the snowflakes, to be uniquely uh, you know, reflecting, revealing the love of God. Guys, I, I'm serious. I cannot wait until the first moment we, we you know, we, our heart beats its last here. We, we step into eternity. We see the, the glory of God. We see the beauty of a new heaven and a new earth. And we're, we're finally uh, home for those who are believers. And I, I'm just telling you, it is, it is going to be awesome. But the truth is, a believer has already seen that and lives that joy here and now. A believer has already heard the promises of God and trusts Him and yields their broken in all of it, all of its ugliness, all of its darkness, all of its selfishness and anger, all of the broken gets crucified. And what gets resurrected in the life of a believer is the very spirit of Jesus. And that is the spiritual man. The spiritual person is the one who yields their pride to Jesus' humility, <clears throat> their feelings to divine revelation, and their thinking to the Holy Spirit's lead. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, However, it is written, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But listen to this. But God has revealed it to us. By the Holy Spirit. 
Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And for, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of this world, the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. The man without the Spirit doesn't accept this. But the one who lives Jesus by the power of the Spirit lives filled <laughs> with the very life of Jesus himself. Guys, the only way to live Jesus is to live in the power of his Spirit, completely rejecting your own, completely not even accepting it as an option to live in your own spirit, but to lay down your sadness and your sorrow, to lay down your grief and your greed, to lay down your lust and your lonely, and to just let Jesus in, opening the door by faith and finding out that at my doorstep has been what I needed all along. But we have the mind of Christ. <laughs> what, what an amazing scripture. Uh, but we have the mind of Christ. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, verse 16. So is that how we're living? And the reality is the truth of who's living in us is revealed by the truth of, of what's coming out of us. In Galatians 5, through 25 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and again, we're not talking moralism here. We're not talking about trying to live up to love and trying to work up to joy. No, no, no. This is, this, this is a spirit exchange. This is, this is about letting the Holy Spirit have freedom inside of you to produce from the inside out a new love, a new joy in the tired of life. Peace. Man, how many of us here are just longing for real peace? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the sinful nature, um, that, that old spirit with all of its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So here's what I want you to do today. I want you and I in a new way to reject living out of our broken, to not make excuses for it any longer, to, to recognize there is no middle ground between heaven and hell and light and darkness and good and evil, that, that this is not about us trying hard enough. It is about us yielding to love and opening the door to grace, to mercy undeserved. And when we open the door, love rushes in and it, 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 it lives in our home and it changes us. And guys, I'm just telling you, no matter how hopeless life seems, there is hope and joy in Jesus. And so today, you've got to make a choice. I've got to make a choice to, to stay empty, to, to try to fill ourselves up with the world and, and, and all its short-term lies, its it's short-term gains and long-term losses. Or whether we just go to Jesus and say, Jesus, 
I humble myself before you. And I yield my living to your dying. And in my dying, I will experience your living. Jesus, I believe that you can do something supernatural in and through my life that I could never do on my own. So, Jesus, I give up all that is broken in me, my thinking, my feeling, my way of living, and I yield to your Holy Spirit. So today, I'm going to ask you to live committed to a spirit led life. How do you measure it? Just, just go to Galatians 5.22. I use that all the time. That's your measure. And today I want to ask you to stand. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something different. I'm going to ask you to kneel. How, why, why should we who are the people of God be afraid to kneel? Gather as a church. Now if you're in a dress or your knees don't work, that's perfectly okay. You know? But I'm simply asking you today to open the door to a whole new way of living, to live by the Spirit, and to, to, in these next few moments, to yield your broken spirit to the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus, I, I want to confess in my own life that I live way too much out of my broken. And today, Father, we want to, to come to you and, and we want to yield to you and we're opening the door of our hearts and allowing you in. Father, for the one who's here who does not have a personal relationship with you, I pray today that they would open the door and in these next few moments that they would have a real conversation with you that was bold and courageous to say something like this, Jesus, come into my life. I give my life to you. And Father, for every believer today, I pray that we would kneel before you and that we would yield our hearts, our wills, that we would confess our sin and repent of a self-led life. And God, that we would today uh, invite you in and commit from this day forward to live a spirit-fueled life. So Father, stir the hearts of your people to receive the awe and wonder of your spirit and to live Jesus in a way that will change the world. I'm going to ask that with, with boldness and courage that you would come and, and kneel at the altar, that you would kneel in the aisles, um, that you would kneel and yield and in these moments have a real conversation in which you decide what you're going to do with your broken spirit and the offer of God's Holy Spirit. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.